My name is Kevin Bates, and I'm a pastor in Sherwood, Oregon. Each and every week, we desire to take theological principles, biblical stories, and narratives, and really all the genres of scripture, and we desire to immerse ourselves in them and apply them to our everyday life. We want you to tune into this online broadcast each and every week. And if you want to support our ministry and what we're doing here, we want you first to follow our Instagram page, like our Facebook page, listen to this online broadcast, if you would, and make comments underneath in the comments section of the, uh, of the video broadcast that you're listening to. And you can financially support our ministry as well. Go to resonatelife.org under the Give tab. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I am so thankful for each and every one of you as we celebrate Christmas here online. Christmas is a time of celebration. Christmas is a time for salvation. And Christmas is a time for reconciliation. Those are the three themes that I'm going to talk about for Christmas this year, 2021. We're going to look at how these words can change your life forever. So when Jesus was born, it says in Luke 2, 8 through 10, nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. So the first purpose of Christmas that I want to talk about tonight and today is this, to celebrate the Lord's birth. At Christmas, we have lots of parties, starting maybe even right after Thanksgiving. We start to party, we start to gather. Maybe those have been limited for you in this season of the pandemic, and we've been encouraged to not gather so much, and I understand that, and I, I also support that. And Christmas is always that time, though, where we gather with people. Maybe it's with family, maybe it's with a few friends. We get connected with old friends, maybe. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to celebrate with others. Now, I know that there is also another emotion or another feeling a lot of people experience around Christmas. It's the I'm not celebrating anything feeling. I just maybe want to get through this season. And I understand that melancholy of Christmas. I do. And for some reason, some years are more difficult than others. And maybe this is a difficult year for you. And so this idea of celebrating doesn't hit at home for you. Yet it's a reminder. It's a takeaway tonight and today, because this is going to be shown on Christmas Eve and also on the Sunday right after Christmas. I want to encourage you to carve out new traditions. I want to encourage you to carve out new rhythms and behaviors that maybe those traditions, rhythms, and behaviors can get you through some of the most difficult times. They can be the best times and the most difficult times and new rhythms, new behaviors, new patterns in your life can get you through. So the bottom line though is Christmas is a party. We are to celebrate Christmas. We are busy this time of year and we do a lot of things. Just the traffic flow shows us that we are busier than normal. Maybe you are in shops or you're at some retail store or such and you just know and you feel the busyness. We're getting ready. 
we're buying presents possibly we're planning maybe the 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 blue truck shows up at your doorstep the brown truck the white truck shows up at your doorstep on a daily basis i've seen it down my road uh, it's time to celebrate and buy different things for different people, maybe small, maybe big, whatever your budget um, allows you to do. But this is the joy of Christmas. There is a joy. Yet sometimes the busyness and sometimes the hustle and bustle of things takes away the joy. So I want to encourage us that as we are busy and as we are preparing, don't allow the preparedness or the busyness take away the joy and the celebration of Christmas. So why do we celebrate? Why is it a party? Well, the angel said this, I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. So great joy to all people is the good news that we now have something to celebrate. This good news basically is three different things. The first one is God loves us. And I want to emphasize God's love today for you. And number two is God is with us and God is for us. And so God loves us, God is with us, and God is for us. Those are three things we're celebrating, that God is present in our life. God loving us is an important topic. I think it's not just a topic, it's not just an idea, it's an actual value. It's actually something that is true that we are to live by and filter everything through. In John 3.16, it says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Well, that's good news. That's something to celebrate for over, is that God so loved the world that He sent Jesus and He sent a message, but He also sent a messenger of love. So Christmas is saying to you, I love you. Christmas in this whole season, the Bible is saying God is love and God loves us. It doesn't say that God has love, which I, I think he does have love, yet it says that God is love. His very nature is love. God is love. So if we could learn anything during this season of Christmas this year is to know and believe and to hold on to, even though sometimes it's difficult, even though sometimes it's like a white knuckle grip, we're barely holding on, that God is love. And that maybe this year we could maybe form a new idea of love, maybe a new form of loving, that our love could look different this year than it ever has before. How could we love more? How could we love more intentionally because God loves us so much? So God created the entire universe, not just because he wanted to, to have people around and, and created this planet because he was creative and all the things that I've heard in the past about why God created everything. God created everything around us, the whole universe, all the planets, because he wanted to love us. And that's because of his nature. It's the reason why we are alive. It's the reason why we even have purpose. Our purpose is to love others because God loved us so much. And it's the reason why we have breath because God loved us. We wouldn't be existing right now without God's love. So God made us to love us. He wanted us because he loved us. So God loves us because God is love. But not only does God love us, he is with us as well. You might not feel that God is with you. You might not feel like the presence of God is upon you. The Bible promises, though, 
that it that God is a manual, and that's one of the names for God. That God is a manual. That Jesus is a manual. That God is with us. So the Bible says, "I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you." That's what the Bible says about God. I not only love you, but I'm I will love you for all time, through all time, through all things. Well, maybe that is something that in a New Year's resolution of 2022 that we can really begin to set in stone right now, to believe that God is for us, with us, and present in our, in our lives. And I pray that, that that would be something that you can implement practically in your life as well. So God loves us. God is with us, and, and also God is for us. So Jesus said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And so that just shows me right there that God is for us. He wants us. God wants who we are. Not only does he love us, he is for us as well. Even though we do the bad stuff, even though we walk astray, even though we do all kinds of things that might not be pleasing to God's eye, God is still for us. And that's the purpose of Christmas, that God celebrates us. Not only does he celebrate us, he wants us to celebrate Jesus as well. This great news of great joy, and it's for all people. Well, the second purpose of Christmas, then, I'll just move right into that topic of salvation, that salvation is the reason why Jesus, flesh and blood, came to earth. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the Bible says, the city of David. So God doesn't waste energy. God doesn't waste time. He doesn't do stuff that, that isn't needed. And so we needed a Savior. And I don't know if you've ever asked this question, God, get me out of this, or God, I need help with this. That means that we need a Savior. God, help me. Well, I think that there is a three-dimensional view that we need to have of salvation, that we're saved from something, and we're saved for something, and we're saved by something. We're saved from something, saved for something, and saved by something. So to understand this, we're saved from our past. We all have guilt. We all have shame. We all have worry and bitterness and resentments. We all have a past in our life, and we're saved from that past. But we're also saved for something, and that's our purpose, to love human beings. There's a positive aspect to salvation that just doesn't have to do with my wrongdoings being covered by the blood of Christ, that we're covered by the blood of Christ and we're saved through Christ to be a positive influence in the world, to be a loving nature into the world, to accept and to reach into the margins and to prop up and to lift up those that are downtrodden and in trouble and clothe those that are naked and feed those that are hungry and house those that are shelterless. So we are saved for that purpose. We're saved for that something. And then we are also saved by grace. We're saved from our past, we're saved for our purpose, and we're saved by grace. So every one of our problems in the past is missing the mark. We've all had problems, we've all had struggles, we've all had things that we've done that create separation from God, and we've missed the point. 
We've had great adventures in missing the point, some of us, and some of us have missed the point for a very, very long time. Because missing the point creates more confusion that's stacked on more confusion. That when we're separated from God, we're in a sense wandering. Some people call this lost. Some people don't find themselves lost. Yet all that I'm saying there is that we are in a great state of of wandering, that we're separated from God and we're wandering because of guilt, we're wandering because of shame, we're wandering because of regret and bitterness and resentments and maybe grudges that we've, we've held. It causes worry in our life. It causes fear. We're running from things. Causes anxiety. We're gyrating over things. Causes depression. Causes discouragement. Maybe a sense of emptiness can lead to despair, causes conflict between us and others. Every one of our problems that we've wandered in, every one of our problems that's a separation from God is a result of just wanting to do our own thing, to be out on our own, to be separated. And God is saying, I'm saving you from that. I want to set you free. I want to give you freedom. I want to release you from the guilt and the shame and the blame and the, the regrets and the bitterness and the resentments of your past. Well, we have to acknowledge our pasts, and that's important to do. In recovery, we call that uh, taking an inventory where we, where we acknowledge our past and, and the burden of that guilt. We acknowledge that in our lives, and then we ask God to forgive us for those, those things because God wants us to be set free from the pain of bitterness, and we have to identify where that is coming from. So maybe that's going to take a counselor. Maybe that's going to take a recovery group. Maybe that's going to take some special help that you need to seek out. And I encourage each and every one of you, if you have guilt of your past that you feel is insurmountable, that you, if you have decisions that you've made that have caused you to wander, wander and you feel on the brink of maybe an end, a brink of maybe being so lost inside that you need someone to walk alongside of you. I encourage you to take the time and do the hard work and to spend time with someone, a mentor, a counselor, a guide, a spiritual advisor of some kind to walk alongside of you, to find and identify and to move forward from your past and to be saved. See, a lot of us that dedicate our lives to Christ and we say, Jesus is my savior, we haven't dealt with our past. And I would encourage us, those that haven't dealt with our past, we might be sitting there feeling not saved. We might not feel or experience the salvation and the free gift that Jesus is offering because our resentment is like a cancer inside of our heart. Our bitterness has just chewed us up like acid on the inside of even our mind and our thoughts. And I wanna encourage us to move forward by really accepting the salvation, but many times that takes someone walking alongside of us. Jesus says, I wanna set you free. And I want you to be free as well as Kevin to you. I want you to be free as well because we are saved. Because Christmas time, that's a reminder for me that Jesus came, flesh and blood, God in the flesh came for salvation. Also by grace, that Jesus saved by grace for a purpose, 
from our past for a purpose, but also by grace. And I would say that that grace is interchangeable with the past and the guilt that we have. Sometimes we feel like we don't deserve it. Sometimes we feel like that God is not for me, that God is not with me, that God doesn't want me. Sometimes we feel that way, and grace is very difficult to receive sometimes. And I want to encourage us to press into that moment, to press into that value that as you understand the grace of God, that you will be able to give the grace to others. So we are saved for that purpose, to love others in such a way. The grace that has saved you can also be offered to other people. You can be a grace giver. So the greatest gift, I think, that you could give another person is the gift of presence. Not presence with a T, but presence with an S that we would be able to offer ourselves, our bodies, our minds, our thoughts, our, our listening ears, that we would be a presence for people. Christ is present in our life and that we would be present for others. That's what we're saved for. We're saved for that purpose of loving others in a very impactful way. So the first purpose of Christmas is celebration. I bring you good news of great joy and it's for all people. The second purpose of Christmas is salvation. For unto you a child is born this day, a Savior, and he is Christ the Lord. And here's the third purpose of Christmas, reconciliation. So here's where the hard work comes into play. This is boots on the ground theology. We talk about theological principles and maybe Jesus up in the heavens and the clouds because that's where he sits somewhere up in the universe, right? Yet God is with us. God is for us, and God is present in our life, and he loves us so much here in the now, not just somewhere else, but here in the now. This is where this applies to my life. Because God loved me and loves me, because God is for me in that love, and he is with me in that love, he has saved me from my past present and future. He has saved me for a great purpose. He calls me to be something. He calls me to be a minister of reconciliation. So here's what the angel says. Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. He tells us that there would be peace on earth because of Christ in us that we would be reconcilers for God, that we would be reconcilers in Christ, that we would bring a sense of peace on earth. There's this announcement, let there be peace on earth and goodwill towards all people. That's called reconciliation. So what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is not when the girlfriend and boyfriend get back together or the husband and wife that divorced get back together. That's not reconciliation. There might be big, big reasons why people don't stay together. Reconciliation is this. It's when we come together to restore harmony, when we come together to restore peace between each other. That's what reconciliation is. When we can be in the same room and still have this gift of presence, still have this gift of love to offer 
one another. It might not be the same. That's called restoration. It might not be the same. It might not be ever the same. Yet God calls us to have reconciliation to bring this sense of peace to others. So there will never be peace in the world until there's peace in the nations. There will never be national peace unless there's peace in the communities. There will never be peace in the communities until there's peace in families. And there will never be peace in families until there's peace between each other. There will never be peace in people, in individuals, until we invite what Jesus has called the Prince of Peace to reign inside of us. There will never be peace between each other until there's peace amongst myself. So Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And if we're a child of God, then we will take on this mission of peace. Yet in order to take this mission of peace on, we must think about the peace that needs to happen inside of us first. And I pray that this moment, this time on Christmas, this would be a day this would be an evening, this would be a weekend, this would be a day, this would be a morning or afternoon or whenever you are listening to this broadcast to make peace with God so that you can bring peace to others in reconciliation. I was just thinking about the reconciliation that I've had in my life where two people, me and another person, have actually sat down and we've identified the problem We've said, I am sorry, and we've offered each other forgiveness. And that forgiveness is truly, truly real. That when we get up from those chairs and we walk out that door, whatever door, whatever place we're in, we walk out of that place, we are truly at peace with one another. I can tell you that that has uh, impact in my life greatly when that happens. Does it happen all the time? No. Is it very difficult to engage in? Absolutely. And can I say oh, that scenario is seldom? Sure, it's seldom because most of the time we say sorry, 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 and then we just move on. But we're really not sorry. God is saying, you know, I have loved you so much that I want you to love others in such a way to bring reconciliation to the earth to bring reconciliation to others and to bring this sense of peace. That's how we love each other. That's how we love our friends. That's how we love even the stranger. So how do we reconcile with the stranger? We offer them gifts. We offer them presents. We offer them their needs. We offer them their shelter. We offer them uh, even maybe even what they don't even see, that we just offer them gifts and so that's like that love to the stranger that we don't even know, the random acts of kindness, the intentional acts of kindness, the purposeful acts of kindness, random, intentional, and purposeful acts of kindness towards even the, the stranger. How else do we love or bring peace and reconciliation to the stranger? We open up ourselves to them. We welcome the sojourner. We welcome the pilgrim. We welcome the foreigner. We welcome the stranger into our lives and we give them a community. We give them a home. So Christmas is about gifts. Christmas is about the gift of celebration. Christmas is about the gift of salvation. And Christmas is about the gift of reconciliation.
I just want to encourage us to act in those ways this Christmas season. That as we ended Advent and we're now here at the actual arrival that Jesus is born, that Jesus is alive, and this birth narrative begins on the 12 days of Christmas, this birth narrative begins, that we would begin to act and engage in these next days in celebration, that the celebration wouldn't be just one and done, that our peacemaking wouldn't just be one and done, and the salvation that we acknowledge wouldn't just be a one-time event. And so this is good news for all people, for all time, all year long. And I pray that we would engage those during this season. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm so thankful that you joined us. I pray that this would be a wonderful time of celebration with those that you love and those that you're connecting with. And I pray that you would act out in these gifts during this season. Thanks for joining us today.